News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Time of the year for many over Christmas, some people may have to deal with the death of a loved one. Uh, with us now to talk through how to cope with grief over the festive season is psychologist and author of Let Me Tell You About Loss, Neve Fitzpatrick. Neve, good morning. Morning, Pat. Now, there are two different situations, I suppose. There are those uh, who lose someone at Christmas time and therefore every time Christmas comes around, uh, they are reminded of their sad loss uh, more acutely. And then there are those uh, who maybe for the first uh, Christmas will note that empty place at the table, no matter when during the year they have died. Yeah, and I think it doesn't even have to be a Christmas death or it doesn't have to be the first Christmas. Once you're grieving, when you love somebody, the love you have for them doesn't die with them. So you still love them. So whether it's your second Christmas or your fourth Christmas or your 15th Christmas or your 30th Christmas, there'll be people listening here now who are missing loved ones. And I think it's the you know, you you mentioned it there perfectly. It's the most wonderful time of the year is what the song says to us. But if you have that empty chair and you're missing that person, it can feel a disconnect because it doesn't feel like necessarily the most wonderful time of the year. It's maybe a spotlight on your grief, I think. So what do you do? Do you try to help people to get into the mood, as it were, or do you kind of empathise with them and become low-key yourself? I think what you do is... If you're somebody who's grieving, you allow yourself to feel those feelings. Grief moves and shifts and changes. And maybe what you feel this year isn't what you will necessarily feel next year. You We learn to live with loss. So if you're the person who's grieving, I would say what you do is you allow yourself to lean into those feelings. If you're supporting somebody who's grieving or around people who are grieving, you allow that they just may not be themselves. And that's not them not coping. Uh, you, we don't need to force people into the merriment and the festivities. I think in life, really, Pat, when we think of our mental health, um, being authentic is really important to us and really good for us. So if we're pretending and if you're... Sometimes in life we need to pretend and put on the mask. But at times like this, I would say, no, don't don't feel you have to pretend. Don't shove people into a space of having to get involved with festive celebrations and allow yourself to feel what you feel really is important. Now, people will handle it differently. I mean, I know that when you it comes to children that they will sometimes... Uh, be overwhelmed by grief and then, you know, a few minutes later or an hour later, they can be playing with their toys and having great fun. Yes, that's called puddle jumping. So when we think of the grief of children, if you can think of a puddle as being sort of the big space where all their feelings around their loss is. And what happens with children is sometimes they will jump right into that puddle and they'll feel all those feelings of loss. But then it becomes really overwhelming for them. It's overwhelming for adults, but it certainly is for children. And what they'll do sometimes then is they'll jump out of that puddle and they'll say, can I go and play with my friends or where's the dog and the puppy or whatever it is. And they jump in and out of it. And it's important to understand with children that that doesn't mean that they're not grieving, that they don't love their person who has died and they don't miss them. It just means that's their coping way. And maybe when we think of Christmas, you know, for a lot of us, I think when we think of Christmas, one of the first things we'll think of is children and a time for children. So that child who is grieving this Christmas and we're talking here about bereavement loss, but important to say that grief is about 
all sorts of losses. So there may be a child who's grieving a loss of maybe their family that's broken from last year and they're missing one parent on Christmas, uh, the Christmas time. So it's really important to understand that they will grieve those ways. And we also need to allow them to have that Christmas, that childlike Christmas in as much as they want and they are able to. As you say, it's about loss, whether it's the loss of someone that you love dearly, but it could be um, the loss of a life in the sense of the life we once had when business was going well and something's happened or perhaps, you know, they've lost a business through gambling, addiction of any kind. There can be many reasons why this Christmas is not like other Christmases. Yes, and I think... What happens there is that, you know, when somebody dies, there's a public space to that. So we have a wake, we have a funeral. People maybe can come round to your house with, you know, dinners and all of those kind of things. But there's a lot of people will be grieving with losses that are what I would call secret losses. So that could be miscarriage, that could be infertility, it could be fractured families, it could be a life altering condition. Exactly as you said, ways that their Christmas now is different than other Christmases. And really what we want to say to them is you're not not coping if you're feeling big feelings around that. You are navigating grief. This is what grief looks like. Now, people often, because they're grieving and because they remember even how last Christmas or last New Year was without the person um, that is no longer with them, um, the the question is, uh, they're dreading it, but you put it in a context like what is Christmas Day is it is a special day, but it's only one day, although in, in Ireland Christmas can last a season virtually. The same with New Year. It's only one day. The next day you're out walking, you're doing the things that you like to do. Yeah, you know, so when I speak about grief, I speak personally and professionally. And I know the first Christmas after my sister died, it happened to be a, a Monday as well at the same time. And I reframed it and I said to myself, you know, If when it comes up to these couple of days before Christmas, if I find that it's too overwhelming and I really can't, I feel like I can't cope, I'm going to remind myself that with everything else going on and the nostalgia and the tradition and all the layers around Christmas, it's also, it's also still just a Monday and a big chicken dinner. And I, and I, I kind of said that to myself jokingly in the beginning, but it, but it became quite comforting because there's that sense of we can take away all the layers that really magnify it and realize just as you have survived every other day of grieving the person you love, you will survive this Monday and the dinner that goes around it. And I think that's important to 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 frame it and, and to realize that I think for grievers that you will survive it. If this is your first Christmas or actually sometimes the second Christmas can be harder because the anesthetic of that first year has passed. And so whatever Christmas this is, to understand that you will survive this. And sometimes we find that actually grievers find that the anticipation of the day and by the way we're mentioning Christmas but there's also we need to bring in New Year that piece of the calendar turning over and going into another year without your loved one can be really difficult and it's understanding that actually sometimes the anticipation of that can be not for everybody but it can be worse than the actual day itself you can wake up Christmas Day or New Year's Day and there's almost this Sigh, I got here. through that. Relief. I got through that. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh, Neve, you lost your sister Dara, as we all know, uh, in that rescue helicopter uh, crash in 2017. Was that what prompted you to write the book? 
Yes, I I'm a psychologist for 32 odd years now. And I suppose that my experience of grief was nothing and has been nothing and is nothing as a person like it was that I expected it would be having learned it in psychology. I've learned lots of wonderful stuff in psychology, but there are layers and edges to it as a person that were just different. And at the time that Dara died, my my marriage had ended and a few years before uh, we had gone through fertility treatment. And so I suppose what happened when Dara died and I recognised the grief for grieving Dara is I realized that a few years before I had grieved the loss of not being able to have children, but I had never named it as grief because nobody had died at that time. Just hope of being a parent had died. And I think that's what prompted me to write. And I thought, well, if I feel all these feelings around grief and haven't understood them and named them, even though I'm in the profession I'm in, maybe we do need to talk about it. And so, yeah, the book is called Tell Me the Truth About Loss. And that's what I tried to do is tell the truth, not sanitize it, but also really important for grievers, give hope. You must have hope in life. And I think that's what I've tried to do in writing about it. You warned that uh, the things not to say, they've gone to a better place. Time is a healer. They're watching over you. I know exactly how you feel or other comparisons uh, with uh, your own grief or uh, grief you're familiar with or they had a, a good life. These are not necessarily consoling statements. Yeah, I, what you're trying to do when you're grieving any loss in life is your system is trying to understand the permanence that this person or this life that you love is gone forever. And so really the instinct, you know, those comments that people might make are really well intentioned. People are most people, Pat, I think, are really good people, really good. And so when somebody makes a comment like that, maybe somebody dies and they're 95 and somebody will say, well, they had a good life. There's a really good intent behind that and we must take it in that intent. But the reality also inside of the griever is that actually that person is trying to comfort you where sometimes I say to people you just need to be there with them there's a lovely expression which says when you cannot look on the bright side I will sit with you in the dark Mm. and if you're trying to support somebody who's grieving don't worry about trying to say something to in air quotes make them feel better just be with them when they're feeling awful they will find their way as you know we're we're coming to our our sixth Christmas now without Dara. And this one actually feels particularly hard because um, we had another bereavement in our family in March of this year, and this will be the first Christmas without that lovely person. But what I would say is that you do move and you learn to live with grief. It's not that the pain goes away, but it's that maybe you become better at carrying the pain. So I think understanding that can help those who are supporting grievers and you can feel like, I don't have to say something to make them feel better because they actually need to feel whatever they feel right now. And and, uh, uh, just a couple of quick things, uh, Neve. The question of should you bring it up with someone who's lost someone and say, you know, it must be tough for you at this time of year being the first Christmas without him or her. Do you bring it up or do you try to ignore it or does it is it horses for courses if the person appears to be having a good time enjoying the Christmas festivities? Leave it be. I think that's horses for courses, exactly that. And it's context. So it may be different if it's a work colleague, for example, um, or if it's a friend or family member. The thing when you're grieving is one of the worst things is when when people stop saying their name. 
So we need people to say their name, but there's a context piece about that. So somebody might, you know, in a, in a workplace, you mightn't want somebody to to say anything. So I would say be led by the person and the context and the relationship you have with them, but absolutely feel okay to say, even to say, I'm thinking of you at Christmas. I know this is a different Christmas for you and your family. That's okay to say. Dave Fitzpatrick, psychologist, author of Let Me Tell You About Loss. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.